Welcome to a very special episode of this very special podcast. So in order for me to explain the months that we spent apart, we have to go back a few years. Actually, we have to go back a few decades. Picture it. (laughs) The year was 2002. I was six years old and I was hanging out with my friend, Jamie. Now her family was like a second family to me and we'd hang out all the time. And we always had fun because they had all of the new game systems, including the Nintendo GameCube. One time when I went over, they were playing Animal Crossing, the original version. And I just thought it was the cutest and most wholesome game. And since the memory card was already full, one day they let me make a temporary account. And when I was prompted to name the village that my character was moving to, I typed in R-I-C-H-V-L-L-E, Ridgeville. And it was inspired by my, at the time, admiration of Corey Baxter's financial prowess on That's So Raven and my six-year-old desire to be wealthy. (laughs) I wanted to be rich, so Richville made sense. I noticed that I forgot the I in Ville, but Jamie's older brother Michael told me that he thought it was cool and that I should keep it, so I did. And from then on, whenever I finally, well, when I got the game myself first and then any other time, I would get the game for a different system. I named my village Richville, all caps, and kept that tradition going. So that was 2002, 2003. And I really consider 2002 to 2005 to be a really crucial time in my life because I feel like it was the era when I was the most myself. All the qualities I have and my character traits and the things that people know me for today were cultivated, or at least the seeds were planted, I think they were, between the ages of six and nine. During that time, I was a fan of Animal Crossing. Cleo Thomas was the sole object of my delusional affection. (laughs) I moonlighted as a cheetah girl, and I would talk about Alicia Keys to anybody who would listen. I was seven years old when the Diary of Alicia Keys came out. And by the time my young mind realized I was a super fan, after having worn out my mother's copy of Songs in A Minor, I was pleased to learn that she'd also purchased the second studio album of this woman who I decided was the best musical artist to grace the planet, period. In the special two-disc set, there was a DVD with the making of, and it was 28 minutes of behind-the-scenes footage of Alicia and her team creating the second album while embarking on an international tour to support her debut. I saw her travel to Africa and Asia, I saw her attend industry parties, I saw people fight on the tour bus, and I saw her in the studio doing what she loved. I would watch that DVD about once a week, in between screenings of Holes and the Cheetah Girls, and decided that the music industry was where I needed to be. Now, originally, I had my sights set on being an international pop sensation, as that made the most sense in my mind, but it wasn't until I began to see 
music industry or music business and entertainment business programs and college brochures that I really let the idea of being an executive sink in. I started my college journey as a music industry major and spent two years taking classes that I thought were super sexy and fun. And I even attended a masterclass with Yvette Noel Shore, who was the publicist of all publicists. The music industry excited me a whole bunch, but there was something missing and I couldn't really place it. At the time, all of my peers and classmates, they wanted to either be artists, producers, label execs, or some other super specific thing that they were clear on. And I did not see a path for me in any of those areas. I didn't want to work at a label. I didn't want to be an international pop sensation anymore. And so I was kind of confused and a bit discouraged. And since I was constantly worrying about if I would have enough money to even continue going to school, my mind wasn't thinking of many creative alternatives. So I decided to switch my major by the end of sophomore year, and I traded the music industry program for general business management. I figured I'd figure things out by the time I graduated. And if you are someone who's listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know that I did not figure it out. Well, okay, so that's not entirely true. Technically, I did figure it out when I was eight during that golden era. And I even said it out loud to someone when I was 16. I just kind of forgot along the way. Uh, We've mentioned this a bit on the podcast too, but life kind of has a funny way of making things that were once very obvious seem very blurry sometimes. Ultimately, I fell for the okie doke all the way until 2020. Now, I don't have to remind you of what was going on in the world during that time, but in my life personally, things became very real very quickly. Work was insane, my superiors were idiots, my bank account was low, my stress levels, excuse me, my stress levels were high, and I was basically fighting for my life. <laughs> and To make matters worse, I didn't have Animal Crossing New Horizons for the Nintendo Switch, largely because I didn't have a Nintendo Switch and it didn't make sense for me to try and get one at the time. But I had to sit and watch the rest of the world basically rely on that game for the type of escapism that I've known and loved all my life. Um, And I was jealous. I was. Thought about stealing some of my friends' games and consoles. But... During that time, since I wasn't playing the game, I started to think about what made that time in my life, so 02 through 05, what made it all so special. One of the main things, right, um, now that I was in the space where I was paying my own rent by myself, I had just gotten my car that year too, I thought back to how simple life was when the only bills I had to pay were bells to Tom Nook and Animal Crossing or how anywhere that I went, uh, my mother would take me and I did not ever have to pay for gas. I thought about how my sister spent her own money, not mine, (laughs) to take me to the Diary of Alicia Keys tour in Philly, which was my first concert. And I remember that being the place where I spent the post-show time in a fit of tears because I thought concerts meant that you got to meet the artist too and was devastated when I got to the lobby and A Keys was not there. 
Maybe I hold those years dear to me because the years to follow were the hardest of my young life where I had to deal with things that I wasn't prepared to handle. Again, if you've listened to the podcast, you you know some of what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and just the general hell that was the end of 2020 and majority of 2021 really reminded me of those years after 02 through 05. Except this time I didn't have a new Animal Crossing to help me get through it. <laughs> but Richville still found its way back to me. Let me explain. As I joined the masses in our search for meaning during the global pandemonium, 24-year-old Zaniah thought a lot about what brought 8-year-old Zaniah joy. As I mentioned before, I really think she had things figured out, 8-year-old me. So now as an adult with a job and resources and independence, I figured I'd be able to do the things that would make 8-year-old Z happy without too many restrictions. So... I got to thinking. So fall 2020, I went to Twitter and asked the timeline, how sexy would it be if I pivoted back to entertainment? To which my former music industry classmates all responded with some variation of, uh, yeah, it's about damn time. That plus another pivotal conversation with Clark on the evening of December 20th really got me together. Remember when I said I was about 16, give or take a year, when I said out loud what I wanted to do with my life to someone. Well, one day in high school, Clark and I met at the quick check near our houses and he revealed his artistic and musical ambitions to me. And in that moment, I told him that I would be his manager. That was it. Boom. Done. Now on this evening in December, 2020, as I'm talking out all of my feelings and insecurities and whatnot, he asks me, well, Zaniah, what reason do you have to not be my manager? Well, Clark, I guess I don't have one. Well, all right then. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, how my artist management journey officially began. And since I was such a good business student, I knew that I couldn't freestyle this whole journey. So after a few months of networking, researching and rebuilding some confidence, I started working on the business plan for me as an artist manager. What is it going to look like? What's the system, you know, how do I pitch myself? How do I and my artists make money, et cetera, et cetera. And remember Jamie's older brother, Michael, who was there when we first named Richville the town? Yeah, he grew up to be my financial advisor. So I got some feedback from him and kept working and reworking everything until things made sense to me. By now it's spring 2021 and I've got everything but a name. So I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to call this operation? One weekend, I'm at a work event. It's April. It's my grandmother's birthday, and it's also the fifth anniversary of Beyonce's Lemonade. So I'm in yet another reflective mood. I'm thinking of where I was five years ago and what I was going through. I'm thinking of the entirety of my journey thus far. I'm thinking of how Beyonce is the artist of my life and of her journey and what Lemonade meant to me when it first came out and what it means to me now. I'm thinking of how stressed I've been the past six months, but how this new revelation has restored meaning in my life and makes me excited, like how I used to feel when I was eight years old watching the Alicia Keys DVD. And so I'm thinking of all this and then I go, oh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> um, probably even laughed out loud to myself in public. 
And so I went and opened up the Google Doc with my business plan. And at the top, in all caps, I wrote R-I-C-H-V-L-L-E, Richville, with no I in Ville. So fast forward to October 2022, and I have five clients. We've shot a few music videos, more than a few photo shoots, paid festival performances, fashion shows, co-produced a festival, and even had a launch party at the first annual Richville Toast. All to the immense pleasure of eight-year-old Zanaya. So I think it's safe to say I've been a little busy, but if it's any consolation, I've been doing what I love. Still, that doesn't mean that I get to neglect you, my lovely listeners. The truth of it all is I probably wouldn't have come to the Richfield conclusion as soon as I did if it weren't for this platform. Uh, Catch Some Z's offers me a very personal and creative way to make sense of things that are going on in my life and challenges me to face the truth, essentially, so that I can openly and honestly share it with you all. These last six months in particular have been full of so much love, and that's largely because I'm operating exactly as the person that I've always wanted to be. I want that to translate here to this platform as well. The bad news, it's not really bad news, but I guess the less than desirable news is that this episode is serving as the season four finale, even though uh, this is only episode nine and I originally scheduled 10, but... The good news is I have a much better understanding of how we're going to move this platform forward and make the Catch Some Z's universe bigger and better so we can all have our own respective Richville revelations, if you will. (laughs) But you were owed an explanation, and I hope that you receive this one with an open heart. (laughs) Um, Now that I'm here in this particular space, my mind is operating with more creativity So I have some big ideas for what's to come from me and Catch Some Z's, but it will require some planning and resources. And of course, as always, your support. So please stay tuned. And uh, long story short, I just want to thank you all for waiting and listening and clocking me when you need your fix of Catch Some Z's. Um, I saw Ayana in July and she hugged me and goes, girl, we need a do episode. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. Uh, she she was not wrong. <laughs> but uh, like I said, things have been, there's been a lot going on, but it's been lovely. So I'm reinvigorated and I kind of have a better idea of what the path forward is. And so I'm kind of reverse engineering things to make it all make sense so that everyone and everything gets the attention that it needs in order for me and these platforms and everyone that I'm working with to be great. So in the meantime, you can always stay connected with the Instagram and the TikTok while you wait, uh, as I'm pretty active-ish over on those platforms. But overall, I hope that you're as excited for what's to come as I am. And really, I'm just sending you a lot of love for this upcoming holiday season. Thank you, thank you, thank you for always showing me love in the DMs and texts or whenever you see me. 
and just get ready for for bigger, for better, for more. And I'll see you soon.